Welcome to Little Man Big Mouth Podcast with me, Jonah. I'm a kid who loves sports. I can talk about sports all day, every day. Think you can handle that? Then stick around for today's show. My guest today is Rick Laterman, a nationally acclaimed strength coach and fitness trainer. First, let's check out what's happening this week in the sports world. Our first news story, the Miami Marlins might not be favorites to win the World Series, but they already won another contest. Just three games into the season, the Marlins became the first baseball team to shut itself down because of coronavirus. With more than 10 players testing positive, the Marlins canceled their home opener and it is not clear when they will be able to play again. Sporting a record of 2-1, and one, this may have been their year to sneak into the playoffs. Now questions are being asked about whether baseball will even have a season. Big news! The Washington football team announced a new name. It is the Washington football team. I know, so creative. But I'm not surprised that Dan Snyder did not change their name completely. Next in the news... Seattle got a new sports team, the Seattle Kraken. That's right, the Seattle Kraken is the new NHL team. I wonder if a Kraken player scores a hat-trick at home. Will the crowd shout, release the Kraken, and then throw a live Kraken onto the ice? Strange news alert, an online campaign has been launched to help a beloved bear not named Yogi. Black Bear became an internet sensation last week when footage was posted of it on social media appearing to pose for a selfie with a hiker in Mexico. Well loved on the internet, Mexican authorities are not amused. They announced setting several non-lethal traps for the bear so it could be relocated. The internet lit up with calls to prevent the bear being trapped. If only they could buy a giant picnic basket, all would be well. Our next segment is unscripted. Some shows have a mystery crate or a fancy producer to give them content. Me, I have a lucky patriot hat. I'm going to draw out some news and opinions from the week and give you my unscripted reaction. These are not just hot takes. They are in fuego. The first one is the New York Jets traded safety Jamal Adams to the Seahawks for two first-round draft picks. Which team won the trade? I think the Seahawks won this trade because Jamal Adams is one of the best safeties in the country and the the two first-round picks are late in the first round and also they're the Jets. They're going to mess it up somehow. Number two. The Tokyo Summer Olympics will now take place in 2021. Will this be better or worse for the athletes? Well, more time to train could help, but I think it is worse for the athletes. They made all those sacrifices to get to 2020, and now they have to keep training to stay in shape for a whole nother year. I think they should get double medals for all events at the next Olympics. Number three. If baseball has a season, who will win the World Series? That's kind of hard because I'm a big Red Sox fan, so I would love to say the Red Sox. 
But I think the Yankees have a good chance of winning because they just got Garrett Cole, and he's a really good pitcher. So anybody could win, but I think the team with the best chance is the Yankees. And last but not least, french fries or onion rings. Well, I love french fries, but for me, I'm very specific on what kind of french fry I like. I do not like soggy french fries. And for onion rings, I've never met an onion ring I've never liked. So I'm going to go with onion rings on that one. And that concludes my unscripted segment. Next up, Perfect 10, Sports Trivia with an Attitude. We have two contestants who will go head-to-head, 10 questions, with a special tiebreaker in case of emergency. Each contestant will shout out their name as a way to buzz in they are playing for prize, not prize. But if one of them manages the ultimate feat and get a perfect 10, all 10 answers right, they will win a prize of a lifetime. Now, in this corner, we have future star quarterback for the Patriots, Jordan. And in this corner, our champion, a die-hot Jets fan, Noah. Hi, Noah. Hi, Jordan. Hello. Hello. Jordan. Noah, are you ready to rumble? Yes. Yep. All right. Time for our first question. Question one. Which NBA team drafted Michael Jordan? Jordan. Noah. Jordan. Chicago Bulls. Correct. Now the score is Jordan one, Noah zero. Question number two. Current event. Who won the first game of the MLB season? Noah. Noah. Astros. No. Jordan, do you have an answer? Um, Yankees? Yes, that is correct. Now, um, Jordan is winning two zip. Jordan, you still have a chance, the prize of a lifetime. Question number three. Name two of the four Grand Slam tournaments in tennis. Noah. Noah. Wimbledon U.S. Open? That is correct. Sorry, Jordan. No prize of a lifetime this time. Scores Jordan 2, Noah 1. Question 4. Who was the first African-American to play Major League Baseball? Jordan. Jordan. Babe Ruth? No. Noah? Yeah. Jackie Robinson? Yes. The score is tied. 2-2. Question number 5. What club do you use on the green in golf? Jordan. Jordan. Um, a driver or no. drive? Noah. Yeah. Nine iron? <laughs> no. The answer is a putter called the putting green. So the score is still 2-2. Two, two. Question six. What team does Cristiano Ronaldo play for? Jordan. Jordan. Um, Portugal? No, club. Oh, Juventus. Yes. Jordan is winning 3-2. Okay, Noah, you ready? Yeah. Question number seven. Who won the 2019 March Madness tournament? Noah. Noah. Virginia. Yes, that is correct. The score is now tied again, 3-3. Question number eight. Who holds the record for the most goals in NHL history? 
Jordan. Jordan. Uh, Ralph Miller? <laughs> no. Noah, do you have an answer? No. The answer was Wayne Gretzky. The score is still tied 3-3. Question number nine. Question nine. Which NBA star is the executive producer of Holy Moly? Any guesses? Jordan? Yeah. LeBron James? No. 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 Yes. Steph Curry? Yes, that is correct. Noah, you are winning 4-3. Jordan, you need to get this point or else, if, or else Noah wins. The last question. What year was Tom Brady drafted? Jordan. No. Jordan. 2000? That is correct. We're going into a tiebreaker. The tiebreaker is what team shares the record for the most Super Bowl wins with the Patriots? Jordan. Jordan. Steelers. Yes, that is correct. Noah, you have been defeated. The score was 5-4. Jordan, you are our new champion. And we will see you, Jordan, next week on Perfect 10. All right. Good game, Noah. Good game. Think you can beat the champ? Then email me at littlemanbigmouthshow at gmail.com. Our next segment is Stick by Your Picks. For those new to the show, my brother Gabriel and I dissect the NFL schedule one week at a time. We pick our winners for five games each week. These are ironclad picks. That's right, we are very confident. We will not change our minds or our picks, no matter what happens between now and the game. Our lawyers have asked us to let you know that you should not put your house on our picks, please. This is for entertainment purposes only. We are now up to week nine. Announcer, tell us the first game. The Green Bay Packers visit the 49ers. The 49ers are favored by six and a half points. The Green Bay Packers will take the loss while facing a hungry 49ers team and the time difference. Well, I disagree. Aaron Rodgers will cream the 49ers because he'll throw all over them. Announcer, what is the next game? Atlanta hosts the Broncos and is favored by three and a half points. This will be a close one, but the Broncos will win this one after coming off a bye week. I disagree. Julio Jones and the Falcons will beat the Broncos. Matt Ryan will throw all over the Broncos defense and get the Broncos defense confused. Announcer, what is the next game? The Seattle Seahawks travel to Buffalo and the Bills are two and a half point favorites. Well, with Jamal Adams, the Seahawks are, gonna, are going to cruise through this one with a win. I agree. Jamal Adam and the Seahawks defense will walk all over Josh Allen. Announcer, what is the next game? The New Orleans Saints travel to Tampa Bay, where they are favored by one point. I think the Saints will sweep the bu- the Bucks in the series with a healthy Drew Brees. I agree with that. I agree the Saints are winning, but I think it will be close. Announcer. What is the last game? On Monday night, the New York Jets will host the New England Patriots. Patriots are favored by one and a half points. 
the Patriots will destroy the Jets because now the Jets do not have Jamal Adams, their amazing safety. The Jets will win this one at home unless unless Sam Donald is seeing ghosts. And that does it for Stick by Your Picks. Now Gabriel's going to stick around and tell us this week's Heroes and Zeros. Thank you, Jonah. This is Heroes and Zeros, where we look at the best and the worst of the sports world. Our zero of the week is the Miami Marlins. The Marlins earn zero of the week status for deciding to play a baseball game when they knew that four of their players had already tested positive for COVID-19. The Marlins played the Phillies anyways. And now 14 players from the Marlins are positive and several games are canceled. This was just stupid. The Marlins risked the lives of their teammates, coaches, the umpires, and the other team. Not to mention the rest of the baseball season. The Miami Marlins, what a zero. The Phillies also get an honorable mention for zero of the week. They agreed to play the game, knowing that some of the Marlins were positive. Now, on a happier side, our hero of the week is Laurent Duvernay-Tardif, a guard for the Kansas City Chiefs. A trained medical doctor, Duvernay-Tardif, is opting out of the NFL season in order to work at a long-term care facility in Quebec. We salute Dr. Duvernay Tardif as a hero for choosing to help others during this pandemic. Truly a hero and a role model. And now that's all for Heroes and Zeros. Now back to you, Jonah. Thank you, Gabriel. And now for my amazing interview. My guest today is Rick Laderman a strength coach and fitness trainer. Rick is the founder of a fitness center called Beyond Motion. He has worked with athletes at all levels, including college, professional, and Olympics. How are you doing today? I'm doing good, Jonah. I appreciate you asking me to come on. Welcome. So how did you get into fitness training? Did this start when you were young? It really did. Uh, I, I trained for sports when I was younger, and... Um, I know my mom was really into fitness and uh, my dad was always into fitness, but uh, I was really intrigued by the science behind the, behind the movement and oh. uh, you know, how the body worked and, you know, integrally with the inside and out and how it responded to different stimuli. And so I uh, got myself a strength coach when I was playing ball out there. His name was Al Vermeer, one of the better in the country. And sort of started there and sort of uh, it took me through the uh, country and coached all over and uh, had a good time doing it. Wow, that sounds like an amazing story. Uh, it's fun, fun time. Traveling the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun when you're young. So I heard that you worked with the championship Bulls team. Did you train Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and Dennis Rodman? I trained Scotty and Dennis. Michael was not uh, had a stipulation in his contract where he had his own trainer on the oh. side. So how was that training Dennis Rodman and Scotty Pippen? 
Um, they're just, they're just guys like, you know, like we are. So that's all. You can't treat them any differently. And once they see you treat them differently, then, you know, that respect level can change. So you have to tell them what your expectations are of them. And, uh, you know, I, I believe pretty firmly that, uh, you teach people how to treat yourself too. So you have to be pretty firm in the beginning and you let some leeway go, but you know, they're both good guys. They want to get better and they know what you're talking about and they realize that you know what you're talking about. They're going to listen and respond to you. So when you're, when you're in it, it's, um, it's a little more surreal though, because I'm, I'm from Chicago and, uh, to actually be part of that and, uh, and, and be in it at the same time, there's, there's quite a passion behind it. So, uh, it's, it, it was a, uh, a very fun time, a very uh, good time to learn. And, um, it, uh, you know, got some championships too. Yeah. So another famous athlete is Larry Walker and you coached and, um, he was the only Colorado Rockies player to win an MVP. So how did you feel to see a player that you coach reach that award level? Um, you feel good. I, I mean, a, a lot of it is, you know, just like now I'm watching the games, the players that we have, and I'm watching to see who's pitching well, who's playing well, who's hitting well. Um, you know, it, it, you always give the credit to the athlete, and um, it, it's it's very satisfying to see the athlete who worked his butt off, his or her butt off, to do well, because that's, you know, when you train them, it's not like training a fitness individual that's trying to do better fitness and trying to get better in shape. They're their jobs on the line. So, um, yeah. it's a whole different relationship and it goes pretty deep. And, uh, when you're, you know, when you're a part of that success, you see someone able to do that, you're pretty proud of them and, uh, you know how hard they work. So tell me more about the science behind fitness. That's a broad question, my friend. Wow. I mean, it goes to a systemic aspect, which is internal. It goes to the physiological aspect. It goes to a neurological aspect and we, we can go on for hours here. I don't know if your viewer, viewers really want to listen to this stuff. <laughs> um, the, I mean, the science behind movement is like everything you do is prefaced to the next thing that you move, that you do, right? So people yeah. will go to, let's say, a fitness class like an orange theory and do a treadmill, this, that. Like, that's fine. That, that, that's cardiovascular and everything else. But everything you do with an athlete, everything you do with someone who really wants to break down their body is the first opening aspect of what the next movement is going to be. So you really go by progressions and by stages, right? So yeah. the longer I have an athlete, the more up the pyramid I can take them and the more advanced oh. I can make them through. So the more advanced they are, the more specialized we can get in their sport. So quite honestly, in the beginning, everyone's trained very similar because everyone's got a lot of the same weaknesses, a lot of the same instabilities. But once you start getting really refined and once you have an athlete over a period of time, let's say three, four, five, six years, you really get to really refine the programming and make it so it's specifically towards their sport and towards their specific small weaknesses within their sport. Wow, you know a lot about the science behind fitness. Uh, a little. <laughs> I don't so, know how much. Yeah, you were talking about how um, athletes or people like us, mm -hmm. so how are they different from, from the rest of us since they're all, they are athletes? Well... You've ever heard the term a thoroughbred? No. So that's like a racehorse that's like the best racehorse you can get is a stallion, right? Oh. They're the stallions. Oh. They're they're much different. They're much different than the general population. They they're highly wired. They're 
meaning the fact they can react very quickly, they can respond to their ground very quickly, they have a great relationship with the ground. Um, they have a innate response to certain situations. You could teach them something that may take you or I four weeks to learn and they mm. visually get and they pick it up in a second. So wow. it, it's, it's a pleasure to coach. And sometimes the better athletes don't even need that much coaching because they visualize it so quickly and put it in place so quickly as well. Yeah. You now have your own gym. Mm -hmm. Who are some of the top athletes that you worked with? Um, locally, uh, Chris Sale is probably the top. Um, Devin Smeltzer, uh, Winston Justice, Bronson Arroyo. Um, the, the, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. So a lot of baseball players down here. Yeah. Unfortunately, there's there's not a lot of a, um, you know, we're not in Miami. We're not in Tampa where it's a little more of a destination for, yeah. for NBA players or um, – uh, or more football players, but it's starting to be. So hopefully we have more of a, uh, you know, athlete uh, demographic down here as we grow. Well, maybe NBA players might come down because they're going to Orlando in the bubble. So you don't, you might know. Yeah. And Toronto is practicing, they pra or they did practice FGCU so for a while. So yeah, they were going to think about using our facility to work out in. So I don't, I don't know if that's, uh, wow. hopefully get some uh, players that recognize the area and appreciate it and might move down here in the offseason. Yeah. Today, some coaches want kids to specialize in one sport instead of playing different sports each season. Mm -hmm. What do you think about this approach? Well, I, I mean, really, if you look at the science behind it, you really shouldn't specialize until you're a junior or senior in high school. Okay. You get so many benefits from the cross-training aspects of each sport. So if you're a basketball player and you just choose to play basketball from your fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade on, yeah. the aspect of you learning how to do lateral movement because you, you know, stop playing soccer or you stop playing tennis or you stop playing football, we're yeah. seeing that the multi-sport athletes are actually getting farther in, in college than, really? than the six-sport athletes. Yeah. So, but, list, but listen, like if you're a junior and getting, you're getting recruited and you're a pretty high-level recruit, at that time, you sort of tell the family and talk to the athlete and say, it's time to make a choice of yeah. do you want to be a multi-sport athlete still at this point or do you want to put all, you know, do you really want to focus on football, baseball, or basketball, tennis, whatever it may be, and, uh, and you know, and figure out where we want to go to college. Yeah, sounds, sounds, sounds good. Because yeah, I was thinking so, about that because I play a lot of sports. So that's good. about that, uh, when do I stop, when do I make my decision usually? You got a long time when your decision's pretty big. I'll say this when it becomes very evident what your decision should be. Okay. So if you, what do you play? Uh, golf and the cross. Okay. So let's say golf and you're one of the top juniors in the area and lacrosse. You're good, but you know, you're not going to be great. You're not going to be great in college. What do you, at some point you'd be like, well, I better put all my energy into golf so I can play golf that. Alabama and uh, yeah. do what I need to do. So, but um, the, you know, the longer it takes you to get to that, as far as you know, if you don't do that to their junior or senior year, that's just fine. Okay. So, do you have any suggested exercises or workouts for a kid like me who wants to get stronger and faster? Speed is uh, a, a um, offshoot of strength. So, you can't really ask for speed unless you're strong. Okay. So, 
for a young athlete like you, what we'd like to do is we'd like to understand how to use their body weight first and how to actually incorporate that within movement patterns. Yeah. And once you learn to use your body weight effectively, then we slowly load you. And then after that, then we start working on speed because speed is actually very draining on the nervous system. And all oh, draining really? out the body. Yeah. So, and the stronger you are, the faster you are, right? Yeah. So first thing we want to do is make sure that you're able to actually create a relationship with the ground and understand how to create contact with the ground, you know, how to be fast yeah. and understand how to create that strength and how to, you know, push through the ground so you can get the power from it. So yeah, sounds, sounds interesting. Squat, start squatting right now and don't stop until you're done playing. Got it. Sounds yes. good. A lot of people think that training hard is the only thing that, that they need to get into shape. What about food we eat and other habits? Yeah, I would say training hard is probably the easiest part about it. I think the other habits, like you said, are the hardest. I think sleep is number one. Yeah. Re you know, all the recovery is the biggest thing. You can't train the next day unless you're recovered. And then you're talking about food and the quality of food that we have right now is is so indifferent. If an athlete understands how to eat, a, you know, a non-processed, you know, nutrition, that's good. But if he's eating, he or she's eating processed food, you know, oh. something that's already in a box for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they're not really getting the right nutrients. So okay. that's a that's a big player in development. And if you're not getting that right nutrition, it's hard to actually get an athlete to recover and regenerate and get bigger and faster and stronger. Okay. So you just got to eat healthy, train, and sleep? Those are the, it's really not hard. Yeah, eat healthy, train, and sleep. And then the one component that I will tell you is we have a lot of top-level athletes come to us, and the biggest thing that separates them is their head. Hmm. So what athletes can handle the pressure and what athletes can't, how athletes sort of manage the situations, what athletes don't have the tools to manage the situation mentally. Yeah. And that's the biggest, like our best athletes, I would say, don't make it pro because they sometimes they just don't have what, what it takes from the neck up. And um, it's, it's a special skill. So for, an av for the average person, what can we do to avoid sports injuries? Well, first off, you should prep, you know, prepare for the sport you're playing. So if you're a weekend warrior, you just can't expect to go out there and play softball every weekend and not, not yeah. get hurt. It's going to happen sooner or later. So if you're going to run to first as hard as you can, you better be running during the week here or there. Mm. So those hamstrings get some dress and stress and understand how to respond. So yeah. the biggest thing you can do is prepare for the sport you play. So you should be running, you should be training, whether it be doing body weight training or lifting weights, but um, you should actually look at your body. Like you look at everything else that you get one, we only get one and one alone. Right. So yeah, they're just doing fitness to do fitness do fitness and try to figure out why your body works a certain way and try to really understand why it responds a certain way to certain things. And especially with kids at your age, if you start to actually understand that process and say, okay, well, first I'm going to try to have, I'm going to skip. I'm going to see well, how I actually react to that ground and respond to the ground. Then I'm do a lunge. How stable am I? And then as you go and try to understand the process of getting better, better and better and getting stronger, stronger and stronger, with your yeah. movement patterns, with your speed, with your power, then you become one. So I'd like to say that, and you know, if you're physically prepared, then a lot of times you're going to be mentally prepared too. Okay. So as someone who worked with athletes from all different sports, what sport would you play if you could pick any one? Oh, wow. 
Um, professionally? Yeah. God, that's a good question. Thank you. I, I would I would have to go. I mean, for I'm a five I'm a five eleven white dude. I'd like and I'm going NBA. Okay. Yeah. Because if I can play in the NBA at this size and yeah. get some ups and get some bunnies, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm going. So you're so gonna, that, be that, you're gonna be that be small fun. point guard. I'd be that. I'd be white chocolate, baby. I'd be white chocolate. <laughs> so thank you, Rick. Well, I really appreciate you being my guest today. As part of every interview, I ask my guests to take a short, rapid fire quiz. I will give you two options. You will choose that the one that you like best. Are you ready? Yes, sir. Here we go. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Star Wars or Star Trek? Star Trek. Being inside or outside? Outside. Car or motorcycle? Car. Chair or couch? Uh, couch. Football or football? Well, football. Pool or beach? Beach. Netflix or Disney Plus? Netflix. I don't even know what Disney Plus is. <laughs> hot dog <laughs> or hamburger? I haven't had a hot dog in 20 years. I'll take a hamburger. <laughs> So, good job. And finally, my listeners really want to know, what is your highest score in bowling? Oh, my God. It's my worst sport. <laughs> my highest score may be like 120. I'm horrid. I'm <laughs> absolutely horrible. Daryl Sispin said she'll make me lunch and dinner for three months straight if I can ever bowl over a 200. That's how bad I am. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's not pretty. Yeah. So. Well, thank you for joining me. I had a great time talking with you. Appreciate the invite, and I look forward to hearing it. Thank you, Rick, for teaching me about fitness and training. Now, what would sports talk be without list? Bupkis. So here's my list of the day. Top five sports that should be added to the Olympics. Number five. Bubble soccer. You run around a field in a bubble. The perfect sport for COVID-19. Number four, psychoball. No animals will be harmed when you play this game. You use your bicycle and your head to score goals. Number three, chess boxing. It's brains and brawn all rolled into one. Number two, quidditch. We need some magic in the action. And number one, dodgeball. Why is this not an Olympic sport already? If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Thank you, Chuck Norris, for our number one new Olympic sport. All right, thanks for joining me for this edition of the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast. Check out our next episode when it drops. Until then, see ya! You can find the Little Man Big Mouth Podcast on your favorite podcast service. Listen, subscribe, and review to let others know how much you love the show. You can also follow us on Instagram, Little Man Big Mouth Show.
This has been a Hefeweizen podcast production.